Hello, everybody listening to the Fairweather Podcast. It's your boy, 2K Suave. I'm here with my dog, A-Rod, Stay Mellow. How's everything going this week, my, my friend? Uh, a lot of good things happening. Good things for me in general. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of sports talk, man. A lot of NBA stuff going on. Uh, free agency, frenzy. It got uh, wild. It got wild, wild west this week. Yeah, it, did, it got really, really wild. I mean... We're going to discuss that on topics today. Uh, obviously, we'll talk first about the draft. Uh, we'll talk about if Kate Cunningham's a real deal. Uh, we'll talk about who won the draft, who had the worst draft. Um, how does this draft class compare amongst the past classes? Because they're already labeling this as an iconic draft class coming out right out the gates. Um, and we'll dive into this free agency frenzy that's going on. Basically, LeBron is putting a show on why he should be GM of the year every year. Executive, uh, <laughs> the executive to the executive. <laughs> um, but yeah, he basically they basically cleared out house, brought in a whole new team, brought in Russell Westbrook, brought in uh, half of the banana boat there with uh, Carmelo Anthony and him now, and gonna make a championship run. So we'll decide, we'll dissect that Lakers team, we'll dissect the new East looking teams that we have out there with the Bulls, the who else is it, the Heat. And possibly the new look Knicks now that are out there. We'll just throw them in there for fun as well. Not um, for fun. You know you want to talk about them. Don't don't uh, don't, don't bullshit. Don't don't bullshit everybody. We know we, we know how you feel. We'll talk about loyalty to franchises with players resigning, and then also the big name that's still on the market, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and then, like we've been saying before, we're going to be breaking down different divisions in the NFL. So we're going to throw uh, since we did the a the NFC South last week, and we geared the whole show towards Tampa with two Tampa uh, guests on the show, we'll go to the AFC South. Um, to me, it's the most boring division in football right now. You the think it's boring? I think there's a lot of storylines coming out of the AFC there's, South. This year. But I, I think like overall it's a boring division, uh, but I think right now there's a lot of uh, gossip and news and everything coming out of there. So it makes it intriguing. So we gave it, we gave it its own segment today and we'll, we'll go after this show to two divisions, uh, uh, per show. So um, we'll break down the Colts, we'll break down the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Titans. And then for our fun segment, we've been brainstorming ideas all day. We try to do something geared to the versus battle last night between the locks and dipset. Uh, did you watch? I did watch. And I don't know why I watch these versus shows anymore, man. I, I think I just do it for the nostalgia of the stuff and how much I really love the locks and I love dipset. But I mean, Jada can say that. You saw what happened. You yeah, know, man. I've been beating this table. I've been beating this damn drum for years and years and years. And people look at me funny. Listen, man, listen, you know, you know, I've been in Florida more than half of my life now. So I, I consider myself a Floridian now. But Florida I have, man. what's up? Florida man. Um, you could call me a Florida man if you want to call me a Florida man. I don't, I don't, I don't personally identify as Florida man, but you know, I am a man that lives in Florida. Uh, and I've lived here, like I said, over half of my life now. So, you know, I'm, I'm here. But I'm all, I always will have my musical roots and taste come from up north. And I've been on this Jadakiss train for a long, 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 long time. I've been on this LOX train for a long, long, long time. I was a Dipset fan, too. Don't get me wrong. Who wasn't a Dipset fan that grew up at the age that we've all, we, we, we grew up? But I've always, you know, when, when Jadakiss said he's top five dead or alive, 
I've, I've been saying, yeah, he is. And I'm, and I'm happy that he took two versus battles basically in the last eight months and he shined on both of them. I mean, shined. And he's let the world know that he is dominant. You, you, you're excited about Kemba Walker coming to Madison Square Garden? Jada Kiss came to Madison Square Garden last night and lit that shit up. I mean, you want to talk about hold it down for the city of New York? I mean, say to New York, Jada Kiss held it down. The locks held it down. I am so proud of my boys. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. So real quick to touch on to that, like I, I, the versus battles, they try to do it where it was like one versus one. Then they turn it into their discography uh, and just play it back and forth and have fun. Because at the end of the day, a lot of these guys are friends, except for Young Jeezy and Gucci Mane, which we thought they were going to have a brawl up there, too. They, they, I mean, apparently they kiss and made up. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, it's they're, they're boys. All, all three of my boys, they're going on tour, actually. They just put out the tour that dates that they're going out there. And State Property is actually going with them, too. <clears throat> and um, they're two different types of rap, man. One's very street New York rap with, with the locks, and then it's pretty boy rap with Dipset, which I've always called that, but... You gotta, who didn't fuck with Dipset, man? Like, it's just two different styles of rap. They both put out mixtapes together. They both collaborated together. And they both did a good job. But if you wanted to go bar for bar, like, the locks. That's what it is. Like, I think think Dipset, as far as, like, you know, radio hits and just, you know, the movement that they had with all the pink and the the cultures and the the culture. Yeah, I'll always give Dipset credit for that. They, They have that. But I'm talking about street street songs. Like we are the streets. Yeah. They are the, like the locks. They are the street. They are, they are the voice of of the streets to me. And yeah, when, they, they, when they when they hit with a uh, all about the Benjamins, I was like, just just turn it off now. Just turn it off. Like at this point, it's too easy. <laughs> at this yeah. point, we we were saving all of this, and and he gotta understand they didn't even they had, they could go twenty more songs if they needed to. They went over it. They went over it. They could go 20 more if they needed to. They I'm telling you, they got, they got hits, hits, hits. All right. So, so for the fun segment, we're going to go back to our original one of where he go to college. Um, and please, our biggest fan or one of our biggest fans, Nick, with that. So let's go ahead and dive into things. We'll start with the NBA draft. Uh, two weeks ago, and the unanimous pick overall, Cade Cunningham, he's been the talk of the NBA draft the entire time, uh, getting compares to LeBron James already, saying that he's a complete player because of his size, his ball handling skills, all of that. Um, do you think he is the real deal, or do you think there's another guy that's going to over overpower, overtake his seat as the best player in this draft? Well, first of all, before I even get to that, are you familiar with Imani Bates? Uh, refresh my mind. I'd Imani say. Bates, he he's got high like footage. He's like a high school kid. He got he's got footage on uh, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's like the next Kevin Durant, basically long, can shoot, can dribble, all that stuff, right? So he just actually reclassified for the 2021 class. Um, so he's deciding between the G League and college right now. So he's going to be coming out here pretty shortly. So for the time being, Kay Cunningham is probably the most exciting story as far as young people that are coming into the NBA. But once Imani Bates gets into the league, Imani Bates is going to be the next, to me, the next best thing to walk on the NBA uh, uh, surface. Uh, So I'm getting ahead of myself as far as who in this specific draft, but Imani Bates is going to be 
the next guy. Just so just so I can clarify that with everybody. I mean, he's gonna be he, he's, he's that dude. Um, now in this draft, Kate Cunningham, he averaged twenty points per game in college, uh, six rebounds, three and a half assists, shot forty percent from three. Um, I LeBron, I, I haven't heard LeBron. Um, he's probably more Jason Tatum than LeBron. <laughs> The Jason Tatum is the one I've heard the most, but like on ESPN, you know how they say start saying shit out the side. What did I tell you about ESPN? I I know, bro. I'm not saying that's like my my TMZ of news. I'm just saying that I feel like it is, man. You reference ESPN a lot, and I have not heard no LeBron James comparisons. So, where's the jump on? Huh? The the jump? jump? ESPN? Okay, exactly. It's an ESPN show. It's strictly basketball. Whatever. I have not heard LeBron James. Well, that's a little... I'm not saying, but I'm not saying that. I'm saying the comparisons, okay? You see, this is where you make me seem like I'm crazy and I'm giving hot takes. I'm saying ESPN said he's more of a Jason Tatum type of guy, though. I agree with that 100%. And that's why I think he's he's headed towards, which is not like, but yet his size is good, 6'8, 220. So he's going to, he's got the frame, he's got the size. He's got the mindset and the mentality. I think he, you know, he, he showed up all G'd up and swagged out, and Jalen Rose loves him and stuff. So I think it's going to be a beautiful mystery, though, as to how he's going to be in the NBA, only because of where he got drafted. Now, I always say there's no such thing. There's not too many players to me who are actually bust when they get to the NBA. I feel like a lot of bust are the situations that they get drafted into. So. For example, for the longest time you got drafted by the Cleveland Browns, I'm already calling you a bust because you got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Same thing with the Cleveland Cavs. If you got drafted by the Cleveland Cavs, i.e. Anthony Bennett, you're probably going to be a bust. They got they got LeBron, they got Kyrie, God bless them. But other than that, certain organizations you get drafted into, you're kind of already killing your career just because you're already there. You're already starting behind the pack. Now, Detroit is not a bad organization. Um, I think they're an organization right now that kind of lacks direction. Um, I don't know what, what, you know, direction they're going into. Uh, they have, so they have, uh, Killian Hayes. They just got Corey Joseph. Now they got Cade Cunningham. So they have good guard play. They have, uh, Grant who they're paying a lot of money to Sadiq Bay, uh, who was a uh, first team all rookie, if I'm not mistaken last year. Uh, Stewart was 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 a first and second team all rookie last year. They just signed Kelly Olynyk. Uh, they got Jalil Okafor, who was just playing for Team Nigeria. Uh, so I don't know if there is like if it's a youth movement, if it's a let's try to win. I don't know what direction they're going into. I think he will be fine. I think he will shine. Um, but kind of like how we're seeing in New Orleans right now with, with Zion. Zion is a, is a lone wolf over there. They got they, they haven't done anything positive for him, and I don't know what direction they're going in New Orleans anymore. Like I've, I've officially have like I think he's gone. Like you know how typically people pay, stay for the seven years and yeah. sign that second contract. <clears throat> I don't even know if Zion's going to sign that second contract. So my only concern is Cade Cunningham. I don't know if they're going to rely on him too much to be great too early. Because if he's if he's great early and they're just barely missing the playoffs, they're gonna be stuck in that little purgatory thing where it's like they're not terrible, but they're not good enough. Kind of like where New Orleans is right now. So I think he's gonna be the best player in this draft. Um, I don't. Is there a question? You know, maybe Jalen Green can be can be that guy, but I don't think I think Kay Cunningham just his frame, his body. 
Um, his game should translate well to the NBA. I just think he might, hopefully he's not looking for another team in three to five or six, seven years, but don't be surprised if, I mean, the coach is good, you know, like uh, Casey, you know, he's a, you know, he's a good coach. Um, but it's, it's just, I don't know, Detroit just, as somebody who, 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 who spent a lot of his time living in Detroit, it's either hit or miss. They're either a dynasty kind of team or not. They basically have Isaiah Thomas and they can make it to the finals or they spend the whole 90s, for example, Grant Hill, he was by himself. He was really good, but he couldn't get them over the hill by himself. And he had a role of just bad basketball. Finally, they got uh, the big four and they beat the Lakers. And then they had, you know, a couple years back in the finals and they haven't been good ever since. So I don't know if this is still part of that process of them sucking or they can finally be an elite team, but there's never been a middle ground with Detroit from how I see it. So, yeah, I think, um, I think it's them being elite. It's going to take a while because if you look at that team, it's, it's super young. Um, it has potential for you to add pieces around it to make it better. Um, but to compete with teams in the East right now, like there's, there's no, they can't, they're not going to make the playoffs unless like they turn some heads with this young talent. You're not making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Unless, I mean, but unless every like you can't say it until it, if it were to happen, like if it were to happen, I eat crawl. <laughs> they, they're, not, <laughs> they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think it lays a good foundation. If the, if that point guard, they got um, Hayes, the, the French kid. You saw it. By, by way of Florida, um, if, if he can stay healthy and, and play on the floor and, and gel with, with Cade, I think you'll have a good guard uh, forward tandem right there. Um, I, I, I didn't watch a lot of Detroit basketball, so excuse me for like not knowing a lot about well, them. Well, they got, they have, they have, see, they're both point guards, basically. Yeah, that's, the, Cade can do it all pretty much. So, the, yeah, like I said, he's an over, that's why I heard Luka Doncic comparisons because he's oversized. I don't think he's going to be – I don't think – I don't know how much on the ball he's going to be, but the ball needs to be in his hands. And I think Killian, you know, Killian Hayes did well with the ball in his hands last year as well. So it's one of those things, like I've seen, like, L.A., when they had D'Angelo Russell and um, Jordan Clarkson. I'm like, could it, is it going to become that kind of thing where they got two pretty solid guards, but they don't know, you know, Who's the how to handle both. You know what I mean? Uh, Same thing that, that's going on in Sacramento right now. They got uh, De'Aaron Fox and then uh, the dude that just drafted last year, whose name? Halliburton. Halliburton, yeah. So it's like the same thing. Like Halliburton, we didn't know. We knew he was solid, but they, I didn't think they were going to draft him. And now they got two solid guys that can handle the, handle the rocks. So it's like, is that really working? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I think like when players like that fall to you, you have to take them though too. Like, oh, yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. On them. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll distribute it evenly amongst the two and whoever else is there as well. And people will know their roles coming into it. And I think one of the things that, uh, got the Pistons, uh, eye on, uh, Cunningham was his maturity as, as young as he is, he has a two-year-old daughter. Uh, he's very unselfish. He speaks very well. Uh, he's very team oriented. He's not me, 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 I, 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 I'm trying to steal the show. He's not super flashy. At least I don't think he is like when on the court or anything like that. I was about to say, you didn't see him draft night? Oh, yeah. Draft night, you, that's another story. But like on the court, I don't think he's like super flashy all the way. Um, there was complaints that I think at Oklahoma State, he was like the only good talent there. And, and 
there wasn't enough playmaking around him. So he had to be kind of flashy a bit, but looking at his style of play, I see him as a very complete open to being a team type of player and a vocal point in that, in that locker room as well. Uh, you need to rally the troops. I think Jerry and Grant will bring that type of veteran leadership there as well. But I'll say I've never seen him vocal. Yeah. That's the thing too. I think, I think that, but I also think now he could be expendable now that Cade Cunningham is there too, if they're going to open up the, the floor more for him. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the, what the situation there is in Detroit. I just know they've got three or four good pieces that look good on paper there. Um, and if it can gel and they can get more pieces to put around it, more power to them. But if yeah. not, oh, well, I will see if we can have the bad boys all over again, but I doubt that. That's not, they, those, uh, those kids are not bad boys. Those are yeah. some nice guys. <laughs> the bad boy era of basketball is done. There's just too much emotional rap and stuff doing to these kids and make them too soft now. So now Miami, Miami, they, they still keep that bad boy. Because Pat Riley there. Pat Riley, Pat Riley don't play that. <laughs> Pat Riley part of the mafia, man. You know that too. Yeah. Still, you know that I'm pretty sure there was an episode where, or there was like a scene in Goodfellas where he was like a guy at the table. He had to be one dude there. I'm pretty sure that would not surprise me at all. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about the draft. Who out of all the teams in that drafted, who do you think had the best draft, and who do you think had the worst draft? The Orlando Magic. I am so proud of the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, they Orlando is similar, kind of like Detroit. It's like they're either really good. Or it's just not, they're not really fun to watch at all, you know? It's a small window for those teams. It's like when they have a good team, it's a small run for it. And then it comes to retaining our players. And what are we going to do? Get rid of them. Correct. And it's like we had Shaq, and then we sucked. And then we had T-Mac, and then we sucked. And then we had Dwight, and then we sucked. But luckily for them, they don't suck for too long because they'll find a way to, like, be an eight seed when they do suck. Vucevic, you know, when he was there. Um, you know, you know, it's they they were able to do okay with him, you know. So it's not like they completely fall off the wagon, but uh, you know, they've had some tough years over the last couple of years, but they've acquired very good talent in the in the last couple of years, period. So they got they got a lot of guys on the team that are like, wow, this is a good player, that's a good player. And then they add somehow Jalen Suggs falls to them at five. Uh I don't even think that they knew he was going to fall there. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm looking at Cleveland and I understand why they drafted Evan Mobley. Uh, So because they already have, they already have guard, guard play. Like they didn't need Jalen Suggs. Uh, You know, they got what your favorite duo. My favorite duo who? Sexlin. Well, sex is about to leave. So it's just going to be land. Yeah. But still they got, they got him, but so I understand, but if, if they know sex is, sex is about to leave, then they probably should have dropped Jalen Suggs. But but they're also the Cavs. But they're also – and that's what how I let off what I was saying. It really just depends who you get drafted by. Because, like, you know, Cleveland, they, they've been doing this for years where they just – I mean, they drafted Anthony Bennett. And I go back and look at that draft. I think Giannis was in that draft, and they drafted Anthony Bennett. Like, come on. So – uh, the magic they they didn't they didn't they finally had because normally when they make these good play these good picks they got they got the first overall pick Shaq Dwight shit they drafted uh, 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 Chris Weber traded him for Penny Hardaway so usually they have a number one pick and they turn that into something well and now they were able to have someone they were patient they let Jalen Suggs fall to him at five 
And then Gold Blue, and then uh, Franz Wagner faulted him, him at eight, who's a, you know, he's a very good swing player, uh, very good defensively, can shoot the ball, kind of like his brother who plays. I think he's with Washington still. No, uh, Mo They're both in Orlando. Mo, Mo's in Orlando now? Mm-hmm. Oh, he, got traded, he got traded to Orlando last year. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's that's dope. That's beautiful. Family, family, family uh, affair. I love it. So I think they did a really good job. I think so now here, here where we at with the Magic. They have a ton of young talent. A lot. And they don't ton, use, Oh, God. ton of young talent. Now they got to figure out what they're going to do with Mo Bamba. Just use Mo Bamba, please. For the love of God, man. Mo Bamba, uh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> They made a cool song about him or whatever. They got overplayed, but that was a mistake. And then Jonathan Isaac, he can't stay healthy. So there are two bigs that they sent that they want to center around. They're just not going to cut it out. I don't think they're going to cut it. I don't, I don't think Jonathan Isaac will ever be healthy. Um, and then they obviously lost Vucevic, and Vucevic is a dog, and they lost him. So they have a lot of like they have a lot of guard young guards that they can turn into something else. So they what they got to do is figure out all right, do how many of these guys like Markel Fultz? He's a project. I don't know what's gonna happen with Markel Fultz, but you got Jalen Suggs now. You gotta let him. You gotta let him play. You gotta let him play. You know he's solid. You know he's, you know I I'm, I'm never too crazy about, about Gonzaga players, but you know he's he's cut a little different. He's cut a little different. So all Minnesota football too, man. You said who? He's Mr. Football in Minnesota. And on top of that, so shit, if it don't work out, then he can take his ass and <laughs> go play, <laughs> go back up Tom Brady uh, for the Bucks. Uh, but they got Anthony Cole from UNC. Uh, they got Dwayne Bacon, another guard. Uh, they have Michael Carter Williams still on the roster, if I'm not mistaken. Marco Fultz, RJ Hampton. Um, and then they got Jalen Suggs now. And they got so they got a lot of guard. Terrence Ross, they got to get rid of him. I don't know what's going on with that. But they have a lot of guard playing. They got to figure out how to add a big to this mix that's going to work for them. And I think they, they can be Wendell solid. Carter. Who? They got Wendell Carter from the Bulls. Ain't nobody care about Wendell Carter. Come on, man. You got to work with what you got, man. I'm just saying well, they're not going to go out and get Anthony Davis. Wendell like- Carter with Chicago, and that's the reason why they're drafting in the top five, okay? Now – Wendell Carter is, is here in, in, in well, next door to in Orlando. We'll see how that works out. But I think they definitely won the they won draft night. And then my biggest loser that I had, uh, I had two, the Warriors. Uh, not really. I feel like they, they are built to win now. They already have to worry about bringing back um, Wiseman next year, coming off of an injury who was not ready to be in the NBA. I think he was a good rebounder, could score a little bit, but I don't think he was ready. I think he needed probably another year in college. He didn't even have a year in college. So he needed a, a real year in college or a year in the G League. To, and then uh, I feel like he just needs to get healthy and then he needs to work on his game. But now you're adding to this team that should be ready to win now. You had like two of the youngest players in the draft. Um, can, what, can, Jonathan Kaminga, you know he's a G League guy. To me, he's a project, and he's young. And then they and they had picked up um, God. Who's the other one? The the other guy. Oh, Mo- Moses Moody. Listen, man, the guy went to Arkansas. Like huh? Say it like Perkins. <laughs> Mo 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 
<laughs> Moody. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not crazy about him either. So to me, they got guys that are not ready to win now. They should have traded those two picks. And they should have got aggressive, basically. That's how I, I thought on draft night. I thought if they were aggressive on draft night, uh, they could have got a, another veteran to be in that mix. Because now you bring him back Clay, you bring him back, bring him back Steph. Um, you know, Draymond's going to be back coming off of the Olympics. Uh, Andrew Wiggins got better last year. So I feel like they should have either traded Andrew Wiggins and a pick and got a solid piece back or traded both of those picks and some other assets and got like a real player back. Now, I heard the Ben Simmons thing. If they're going to go bring in Ben Simmons, they would have to me get rid of uh, Draymond Green <laughs> because to me, they they, they, they clog each other's space. Um, but so I, don't, I think the Warriors shouldn't have drafted period, basically. And they should have just tried to go win now because at the end of the day, next year in the West, Kind of how it was this year. Phoenix, we didn't, you know, not everyone picked Phoenix to make it. It was pretty wide open because there's not a super, super team in the in, in the West. Now, we'll obviously talk about uh, free agency. But I still don't think there's a super, super team in the West still. Uh, and I think, I think the West is still pretty kind of open because, uh, you know, the, the super, super team, quote, unquote, they're old. And the Warriors are not that old yet. So uh, to me, they should have just, turn that pick or those picks into uh, a player and not somebody who's going to be riding the bench all season or be in and out of the G League all season. So that's just how I feel. And then Minnesota, I don't even know. I don't, the, the, why I picked Minnesota as well, I don't even know who they drafted. I don't know if they had a draft. But to me, Minnesota has done nothing well in the last few years. They got players, but they don't know what the hell to do with the players. Like they don't know how, like, I don't know how they're, how you have Carl Anthony Towns, how you have uh, Anthony Edwards, you, D'Angelo Russell, and they've had guys, they've had Jimmy Butler before, like they've had guys and they can't do anything with it. And I felt like this would probably be the year, like, let me, let me start this thing over maybe. Like, let me trade somebody and go get like peace. Like they need Minnesota they're like afraid to rebuild and they're rebuilding and they have no idea that they're rebuilding. And I feel like they needed to do something and they didn't do anything. And it's just quiet in Minnesota again. So what's going to happen. They're going to finish in the bottom of the pack once again. And everyone's going to be looking at each other, like whose fault is it? And to me, they have no sense of direction whatsoever. Uh, you know, damn, all these former Minnesota Timberwolves are just rolling over in their grave. Like, damn, can't believe this is what, this is what this city has become, but yeah, that's what that's where I'm at. That's All right, at. I had I had the Magic too winning the draft. I also had um Houston. Houston had a good draft too. They they made a lot of trades in the draft, moving around to get players that tip like they're they're a young team. They're in rebuild mode and they're just like you know what? Let's get young. Let's get a lot of uh, talent all across the board. Um, let's get. Well, listen to what you just said. They know they have a plan. Yeah, they have a plan. Exactly. It's okay to have young players if you have a plan. Exactly. No, I I, I get I agree with that. But like yeah. Houston, Houston does this all the time. They have a great team and then they just tear it down and start from scratch and start adding pieces as they go. And somebody takes the cake and, you know, runs away with being a star player. And they're looking at Julian Green to be that guy. And then they start building around him. They bring in Dwight Howard for uh, James Harden. They bring in 
Clint or they draft Clint Capella, they get Chris Paul, they get Russell Westbrook, they do all this stuff to make the team better. And they they're always in contention. They just can't get over the hump because, you know, there's always a, the log gap there of LeBron James or whatever it is. But they know they're young. They made a lot of trades to move around and get players that fit their scheme, what they need. And I, I thought they had a really solid draft. I think Julian Green, if Kate Cunningham was there, was an easy one or two pick uh, to go in this draft. Uh, he's got comparisons to a, a, a bigger Allen Iverson, I've heard, the way he handles the ball and how explosive he is to it. Uh, Shout out to the, to the, to the GOAT. AI. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a good comparison to have, man. Uh, I, I saw the kid play uh, his highlights and stuff, and and I'm a fan. I'm a I'm a big fan of his. I I got nothing bad to say about him. Um, but that that would probably be my second. If not to just say the magic, you know, just to piggyback off of you, I would say, I would say Houston. And my biggest one, and it, it just hits home for me, is the Knicks, man. Like we had two we had two first round picks and we traded them we traded everything away just to what we do always and move back we did granted granted we did get another first round pick next year which i'm not mad at um but we had two solid areas we could we could get players we traded back to go back into the second round and get more guys that would just waste their times being bench players and but you don't but the thing is y'all didn't need to draft anybody i needed to get y'all needed to add like you did today, you need to add players that are ready to play now. Yeah, at I, that point where you guys were drafting, there was nobody there anymore that's gonna help I, you guys. I, what I like about the the guy that we got, um, what's his name? Wise, the kid from uh, Houston, is he's a shooter. We need shooters, so we can easily tell Reggie Bullock, "See you later. Have fun in uh, uh, Dallas. You'll get hot during the regular season, but when it comes to making three point shots in the playoffs, you know you go ice cold." So. Uh, he can take that. It's a, it's a good pick, good value there. But I really like the Kai Jones when they got him. Texas just produces good big men, and I really wanted Kai Jones. But, you know, all these other guys we have on the team, McBride, the the other guy, the foreign dude, and and uh, I can't think of the other guy's name that we got, but it's another big. All you um, need to worry about is um, the lefty from Canada, um, the short guy you just got um, today, uh d rose <laughs> i know that but, but uh your most improved player those are the guys you need to worry season. about it's a long season and d rose has got some messed up knees and kimba's got some messed up knees so there's a whole lot of things that are not only i'm just telling you as a fan of the knicks i was hyped for draft night and when i saw all the moves getting done and i saw we took this guy and we traded his right somewhere else how can a knicks fan ever be hyped about draft night y'all know y'all don't ever do the draft right <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I'm always hyped for it, though. I love, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be an asshole or nothing, draft. but y'all always boo team. every pick y'all get anyway. So how y'all, y'all just see New York fans, y'all just excited to boo. That's, that's not necessarily true. Y'all we boo every draft. draft. We, we did not. We didn't We didn't mess up the R.J. Barrett draft. We didn't mess up, well, we got Mitchell Robinson in the second round. I'm not going to dissect drafts, but historically they do have bad drafts. I'm not, I won't argue there. But lately it's been it's been going good. And Leon Rose is taking over, so hopefully Wawa West knows something I don't know, and he he wants it. Something about next year is more intriguing to him. So we'll right. see what's going on there. We'll see. So with this draft class, do you they're already ranking ranking it as one of the better draft classes in the last couple of years? Do you see it as a really good draft class, or do you see it as a? It's good. I, I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's first of all, it's obviously too early to tell, 
Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, it's good, but it's not like an all timer. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's, I don't think it's '96 or '03 or shit. The, the draft that we just had with Luca and them, it's not that either to me. So, but I think it's good. I think there's going to be some solid guys who are like later first round picks and early second round that can be having have an impact. The top guys, obviously, Cunningham is going to be a, a dog, but he does play in Detroit. Um, Jalen Green's going to be solid, but Houston's rebuilding. Uh, Evan Mobley, he plays in Cleveland. So it's like the team that they got drafted to is like, okay. I mean, I, and then Scotty Barnes, like I would have taken Jalen Suggs over Scotty Barnes. Yeah, especially as you got rid of Lowry. Like I thought so, that would have been a solid move. So that was Toronto. I don't understand that, but hey, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. So I don't think it's going to be like, you know, oh my God, this is 03, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be solid. You know, it's going to be good. You know, these guys, a lot of these guys are going to be starters. Um, a lot of these guys are going to ride the bench and a lot of guys will never make it to the league really. So this is going to be one of those drives. I don't think it's going to be anything, anything special, uh, but it's not going to be anything that, that's terrible either. So I agree. I agree with you there. All right, let's go into free agency. So <clears throat> free agency has kicked off as of, what was it? Tuesday? Um, it started. It was. Uh, it was probably Monday because I, I was. <laughs> it was during my um my social media cleanse because <laughs> I remember I got back and looked at my phone. I was like, oh man, that, all these people got signed. <laughs> it was Tuesday because you didn't respond to me on Monday, so it was Tuesday is when it started. No, it was Monday. No. Yeah. Whatever. It was Monday. It was Monday. I'm 100% sure it was Monday. All right. So the fragrance started. Um, Lakers decide to just blow shit up. And Supreme Dreams did a great skit on it, getting rid of the entire team that he's sick of. All these kids that just don't know their role on the team, that want to fill up the stat sheet, take stupid shots, don't know when to, when to do what they need to do. And says, you know what? You guys are going to, uh, to the district, and I'm going to get Russell Westbrook. Then I'm going to sign Carmelo. Uh, I'm going to get Dwight Howard back. We're going to re-sign Terrence Horton Tucker. Uh, I'll get Malik Monk. That's the I'll one go. kid that they, they kept. Like, yeah. THT, I like you, brother. Because he knows his role. And he got a you stay your ass down here, brother. <laughs> he got a hot little sister, too, man. Um, Caruso's gone, man, which was surprising. I'm, I'm going to miss my dog. You know, yeah. Like I said, he's invited to every barbecue um, yeah. across the nation. Nigerian barbecues, if, you, if he's about that life too. Whatever he wants, man, I'm, Caruso's my guy, man. That's a good dude. <laughs> bring in Carmelo Anthony, bring in Chris Dunn, bring in Trevor Ariza. Um, and I feel like there's one more. Oh, Not Malik. Chris Dunn. Um, the other Dunn. Kendrick Dunn. Kendrick Dunn. Ken- Kendrick. Kendrick Dunn. Dunn. Kendrick Dunn. 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 Yeah, Chris Dunn's a different player. Kendrick yeah, Dunn. He's in, he's in Boston. Sorry, I've been listening yeah. to Tony Sports talk about him, and, and they really love him, so whatever. <laughs> Um, but it's a new look, it's a new look Lakers team and everyone's starting to bash them saying that they're too old. You know, they're, they're old. These guys are old. They can't hang with the new talent out there. Now, do you see it as being old or how do you see it as? You see, two things can be true. Like I always like to say two things can be true. Two things can be true. Yeah. They're obviously they're, they're old. I mean, it's not like, it's not like, it's not an elephant in the room. It's common sense. It's, they got eight guys over the age of 32 or something like that. That's yeah, it's old, but it's not like, I think it's when we're talking old, but we're talking about Russell Westbrook, who's not really old. Russell Westbrook plays, plays 
faster, more aggressively, and with more reckless abandon than somebody who's 22 years old. So I'm not counting him as old. AD is not old. He just gets hurt a lot, but he changed his 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 nutritionist and his trainer. So look, what if he's doing whatever he needs to do to, to, to stay healthy, then by all means he's not old either. And then we're talking about uh LeBron. Has LeBron been nicked up with injuries the last couple of years? The high ankle sprain, the groin injury? Absolutely. That's obviously uh, something that you need to look into. But you go get a Russell Westbrook so he doesn't have to be on the ball 24-7 anymore so that he can actually load manage while he's playing. Because LeBron don't load manage and, you know, sits for two weeks. LeBron's way of load managing is he takes plays off, which is, I understand. <laughs> but he leases on the court. So, and he's going to have Russell Westbrook who's going to be Reckless abandon all day long. So he takes pressure off of older LeBron. Now, Melo, yeah, he's 37. Fantastic. He knows his role, though. He comes off the bench. He's going to get you 12, 13 points a game. His three-point shot has increased. His 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 uh, his his low post moves, his, I mean, his uh, everything. His offensive game is still stellar. So his old, they're not asking him to go be run up and down the court and play fast break basketball. No, give, give him the ball in the block and let him go to work or spot up and hit an open corner three. Simple basketball. You don't have to be young. to You don't have to be old or young to do that. That's just common sense basketball. And then they have, you know, outside of that, who else is old? Dwight? He, bro, Dwight's job is to come off the bench, get 10 rebounds, get six rebounds in and go back on the bench. He's not playing 50 minutes a night. Trevor Reza, I don't, I don't think Trevor Reza is going to get on the court that much either. So they're old, but there's, they got veterans. They're not old guys who are still trying to make a name for themselves. They're just, they're wise veterans. Yeah. And then to supplement that, they got young THT, young Malik Monk, young uh, Kendrick Nunn. Um, AD, like I said, he's still in his twenties. He's not old. Uh, Who am I missing? Wayne Ellington is not a geezer. Wayne Ellington is, 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 is not, you know, he's right there, you know, he's teetering old, but he's not, he's he not old. Stands, he just stands in the three-point line anyway, so. And that's all they need him for. <laughs> Hit 40% of your threes. So, like, and then Kent Baysmore, he's not old either, so. He's in his 30s. He's 32. That's, but, bro, 32 is not, dog, okay, if he's old. It's not, it's not old, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you that. Yeah, so here, here's my argument back to people who keep thinking this team's old, because look, all the guys on the Warriors, the big three, all in the 30s. The the Brooklyn Nets, I think Kyrie turned 30 this year or is turning 30 or is around there. They're all the same age. Like, they're, they're older, too. They're in their 30s, coming off of injuries. Chris Paul probably should have been the MVP last year at 36, and he, he figured out how to just play healthily the whole way through. He had a little shoulder stinger in COVID, but that has nothing to do with age. One was a freak accident. And that, that got fixed, and the other one was, was health-related. So, And Chris Paul made it through the year. So I think this – and the way NBA players um, train their bodies now compared to, like, 15 years ago, the way their diets are now compared to 15 years ago, the way they're – you know, they're – I mean, I just saw pictures today of Andre Drummond and, and um, Joel Embiid dapping each other up. Joel Embiid is in the is, – is at Philadelphia Sixers' uh, training facility, like – these guys are already back in the facilities. They're already they keep they're trying to stay in shape. Like they care about the bodies more. So two things can be true. Are they older? Yes. Age. 
but age is nothing but a number, baby. That's all it is. So I think they'll be fine. <laughs> They're not too old. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think they are either. I, I agree with you 100% what you said. I think LeBron was sick of playing basically babysitter for these kids out there on the floor. And he's never. He hates kid like he doesn't yeah. hate. He doesn't hate kids, obviously, but he hates playing with younger players who just who like who like bro. I'm so I watch Kyle Kuzma and he just. Talk about somebody who like just like I have more grays on my hair because of watching Kyle Kuzma because he has the talent, but he's he's he think he's young minded and doesn't know how to. But he was he was given an opportunity last year when LeBron James and Anthony Davis were both riding the bench because they were hurt. Kyle Kuzma had every opportunity to take the reins and become the man. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. So, but Russell Westbrook. If something happens to aiding LeBron, you think Russell Westbrook's going to be scared to become the man? No. So it's like, you get you somebody who has it up here mentally. Kuzma don't have it like that mentally. Yeah, and I, and I think a lot of these guys, too, they've either been to the finals or they've played with greatness um, and, and been around greatness to see how, how, how to play the game. Malik Monk obviously was in Charlotte under Michael Jordan's watch. And Michael Jordan really liked him. I think there's like a video of him like hitting him in the back of the head when he missed a shot and shit like that. Michael Jordan loved Malik Monk. It was weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was very weird. I feel like they didn't use his talent the right way, but um, that's an, that's another talk. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, even Kent Bazemore, he played with Kobe. He played with um, Steph and Clay and the Splash Brothers. Um, he may have a ring. I'm not 100% no, sure. No, I don't know if he has a ring. But I know he, he played in Atlanta when LeBron James was running through the East. Mm-hmm. Baysmore was one of those guys on that 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 Atlanta team that was actually really good. So yeah, I he mean, he had he has success. He got his he got his notice when he was with the Lakers though it was his first thing it was his first go around with with uh, the last leg of Kobe. But but what the the thing is these guys know their role. They're not going to go over there and overtake LeBron or anything like that. Uh, that's just a quick way for you to get traded. But they know their roles. Kendrick, and- if if I had to guess, anyone's going to get traded by All Star break is going to be Kendrick. <laughs> And that's a shame because he's a he's a good player. And I thought that he would retain him, but you know what they they blew it up too. So let's jump into that. Let's go with the new look and additions uh, of the East. The Bulls decided to make some moves. They went and got Lonzo Ball and signed Demar Derozan. And I mean, if you want to throw your dog Caruso in there too, they I got mean, my dog Caruso yeah. now. So <laughs> Bulls, the Bulls are looking rejuvenated and young, and looking like they're going to jump back into the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. And they got Vucevic from last year's trade, which I love. Which yeah. I love. Vucevic, I feel, is like the most underrated player in the NBA. Like no one gives him the prize. No, nah, he's not underrated. He's made All Star games. <laughs> yes, but people don't just like talk about him enough. Like he playing Orlando. Orlando's trash. Yeah. <laughs> my point thank you for my point so anyways uh the heat decide i mean the bulls decide to look new the heat go out inside to trade for kyle lowry and start bringing in some veteran players to put around why don't one call them old he's 35 yeah exactly and he's fat too but uh, <laughs> uh give pj tucker oladipo's committed to them as well they've got PJ a good tucker little- old too like damn markeith morris is old too oladipo yeah, can't stay healthy <laughs> Know, know their roles, man. And then you put them around the young players, and the young players are the ones that want to learn. The only guy that I just don't know where his head is at is Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, I don't know if he wants to be great or he just wants to flex with his girl on the booty. Trying to get on his IG stuff. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, he's trying to be God bless him. Hey, do what you got to do. But now, listen, I'll, let me, those two teams that you just mentioned are very intriguing for different reasons. Uh, Miami, 
see Pat Riley. We talk about Pat Riley. This isn't Pat Riley's type of team, though. Like this is the 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 picture where Pat. You pull up a picture of a Pat Riley kind of team. This is it. Tough, tough, tough. You know, annoying players on the team. Like Victor Oladipo, when he's healthy, he's tough, and that dude can do a lot of things on the court. You know, it's just he. I just I pray for him to get healthy because it sucks to be him, and you know he has to rely on his singing now because his his legs can't hold up. Jimmy Butler, you know, you know what he you know what he what he brings to the table. That's everyday tough, mentally tough. You know, athletics and in in his shape. And then you got P.J. Tucker coming off of a ring, who's tough. Um, you got uh, Kyle Lowry. Huh? You got some yeah. dogs. They got dogs. That's what it is. Like, like P.J. Tucker said, they got dogs. And that's what, my, that's what Miami is always built on. Look, we just got to have some dogs, and we're going we to have a dog in the fight. That's all they need is some dogs. And they need a superstar to take them there. Um, is Jimmy Butler a superstar? You know, he's on that cusp. You know, I think I think in that NBA Finals, what he did with, uh, against LeBron, he showed me a lot that he can be that. Um, yeah, I think I think you can you could call him a borderline superstar. He's not like, you know. I think I think Jimmy Butler is like an accountability guy because I, I compare him to like the Ice Cube of the NBA. He gives that look to people when he knows, like when you know you're fucking up. Yeah, well, it's like, I'm not going to go out there and score no 40 points. I did that already. I've done those. He's like, I need team basketball around me. And I need these guys to get better around me to make the game easier. So he whoops out that look or he'll call you out in practice and play with the second string or the third string and whoop your ass and then say, I'm, I'm out of here. And, and I think that's what Pat Riley likes about him. Now he's got, he's got Kyle Lowry, who's yeah. out of ring and Jimmy's hungry for one. And he's got some veteran guys in there that have rings or have been to the finals that can whoop the younger boys into shape with them too. And they all know their roles. They all know. They still got, they got Bam still. They got, um, you know, they got, I, so that was my, that was going to be my next point. I don't, for how, how do you, they're, they've been so gung ho this last year and change. They refuse to make any moves that, that, that include Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. They were able to acquire all of this talent, Victor Oladipo, Kyle Lowry, uh, Pat, you know, like I said, BJ Tucker, all these dudes without getting rid of the, their, their two uh, hot shot, hot shots. Um, so that, that part's impressive. Now, are they going to be able to step it up this year and be what, what Pat Riley wants them to be? That remains to be uh, seen, but you know, Jimmy loves Tyler hero. So he's going to be on Tyler hero this year. I think, I think this year we'll probably see him kind of scale it back a little bit. He was riding that energy of making it to the NBA Finals, and I think Tyler Hero just needs to scale it back and just worry about basketball. And I think Jimmy Butler would be able to get him to do that again. Uh, same, same with PJ Tucker, same with Kyle Lowry too. That leadership skill that they bring as well. I think uh, another big thing that I always pay attention to because we're talking about Chicago next, uh, playing in the Olympics. Bam Adebayo having the opportunity to go play in the Olympics. When we always see players come back from the Olympics and they become much better NBA players because you're surrounded. First of all, you're surrounded by great NBA talent and you're putting on for the world now. So, like, I think you come back with a different kind of swag, a different kind of attitude. I think Bam, I think this is going to be a very good uh, next year is going to be a very good year for Bam Adebayo. Uh, you know, he's, already, he's obviously already an all star and everything like that. But I think he takes that next step into being more of like a 
you know, more of a dominant force uh, down low for the team. So I think I think Miami is, um, you know, much chagrin chagrin of me. They've passed Philly as far as uh, the t- top tier teams in the East. I got I still got Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and, and Miami. Uh, I think they've officially passed uh, passed Philly now, um, passed Atlanta, passed New York. If you're gonna ask me, because I think they got the right, they got the dogs. Now they got to stay healthy. Last year they dealt with a lot of COVID and a lot of health issues and then injuries and stuff. But I think if they stay healthy this year, uh, and the Delta variant on what they have, then I think Miami should be uh, should, should be a solid team next year. Now Chicago. Hmm. I, I'm not, I don't, you know, a lot of people are, are high on them. You know, will they make the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think more of a play in than a playoff. I don't know. Because the other guy, Zach Levine, he's also in the Olympics. So to me, I've been waiting for him to take that next step. I think talent-wise and skill, he could be, he could be that dude. He could really be that kind of a player. I mean, he obviously has the athleticism. He has the jump shot. Defensively, he's not great, but he's as you know, athleticism makes up for a lot of people's defensive, uh, uh, defensive woes. So, and he has he's got good size. So I think Zach Levine could be that guy. Um, but the problem that I have with Chicago, they got too many guys that like or like Orlando and, and teams like that. They got a lot of guards, a lot of like wings and stuff, like Drozen's a wing guy, can't shoot threes, uh, slasher. Zach Levine's a slasher who can shoot. Um, uh, they have Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, who I, I got to figure out how that's going to work with with those two. And then they brought in Caruso for thirty seven million dollars uh, over the next about three years, I believe. And I know they obviously have to put him on the court. And they still got Kobe White. <laughs> and they drafted Io uh, Dosanbu or whatever. How do you say his name? From, that's what I which who I like, who I love from Illinois. They drafted him too, so it's like. They got a lot of guards play guard play, and then they got Vucevic. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. I'm a little kind of skeptical, just a little bit, kind of figure trying to figure out, um, you know, what what lineups they're gonna put on the floor and and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, talent will be there. But you know, will they will they turn that into a um, into a playoff seed? Brooklyn. Miami, Milwaukee, Philly, Atlanta, New York, Boston. That's already seven. So, and then Washington made it last year. Um, we'll see. Charlotte was in a playing game. Indiana's better. So there's, there's a lot of the East is not terrible. There's a lot of the East has a lot of depth. And I don't know if Chicago is that much better than Indiana or that much better than than Boston at all. They're not better. I don't think they're better than in Boston yet either so they're not better than New York they're not better than a lot of those teams I just mentioned so they have the they have an opportunity I'm just not 100% sold on them yet um to me they're going to be kind of like the Orlando Magic were with Vucevic which is like a fringe eight seed but that that eight seed can very very well be a seven or an 11 kind of thing where I don't think they're going to be terrible. I think they'll finish around 500 unless unless Levine takes that next step. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I like DeRozan a lot, too, but San Antonio struggled with DeRozan, too. And they had LaMarcus Aldridge for a while, and they had Patty Mills, and they had... But that was a really, really young team with talent that was trying to be produced, and 
Still not. And Chicago's not young. Chicago is young, but you're seeing the talent do well. Like Kobe, Kobe White is doing good. He's doing. But how is now? You brought it. You have Kobe White and Lonzo Ball. Can I? Can I say my stuff now? Like, let me talk. Now you're grilling me. Like I'm the one who, who, you know, threw the threw the rabid raccoon in the room to go fight you, man. Like, let me just talk. I I just like to come at America. That's all. I I get it, man. Like the the heat the heat are set for for good things, man. They've got a bunch of dogs on the team. They've got. The, the the X factor really to me, like you decide to keep Duncan Robinson. Everybody wanted to go get Duncan Robinson, but Pat Riley has a hard on for him and he kept him for 90 mil over four years. More power to you, man. Kids undrafted, highest paid contract for an undrafted player. I'm not mad at it. He knows his role. He can shoot threes. He can, he can shoot spot up jumpers and, you know, get his easy 14, 15 points a night and collect a paycheck. And he doesn't bitch about anything. Uh, Tyler Hero's the X factor, though, man. Like, just we all want to see him come out of his shell. What we saw in the in the bubble, um, but I think, like you said, Jimmy's going to be the one that has to pull that out of him. And all these rings around him now are going to be like, damn, I want to get one of those now. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sick, of, I'm sick of taking all these little cute pics of my little Instagram girlfriend. Blah blah blah. Let me play some basketball now and get my head out of my ass. Uh, take notes, Kuzma, by the way, as well. Um, but the a lot of notes. <laughs> yeah, but the Bulls, I, I agree with you 100%. Like, on paper, on paper, they look great, you know, with all their signings and stuff. But now it comes down to all this gelling you have to do with these players. Like, honestly, I wanted to see DeRozan and Lowry team up in L.A. or in Miami and get that friendship tandem going on and bring some more people on and maybe make a new banana boat in Miami or whatever you want to do over there. You want banana but, boats? <laughs> yeah. So he signs He signs in, in – um, Chicago that's that's a good veteran leader right there to have on the team be more vocal um Lonzo Ball like everybody dogs him and then now they're praising him because he had a better second half of the year which he did but like we don't know what Lonzo Ball we're gonna get was he just unhappy that he was playing in a small market and now he's in a big market like uh like Chicago are we gonna get a better uh player out of Lonzo Ball now I mean I, I hope think so. so I hope so I mean I'm, I'm praying for the better for him I don't want to wish bad on anybody um and then you know, you had a lot of a lot of faith in this kid, Kobe White. You kind of like log jammed him now into this team that what are you going to do with his talent now? And you have all these other young guys on the team that are, you know, decent players. Like you said, Io, I think he's more of a small forward, but now he does. Now he's in a, in a, in a gap, too, to try and do well. But but it, maybe it's, it's just a teaching curve for him for this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, th- I think it comes down to gelling and Zach Levine. Like I, I like the guy. I think he has a lot of talent. I just think the Bulls rely too, too much on him to do everything. And everyone talks about him as like the most underrated player in the NBA, but I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's a guy that needs help and they finally got him help and let's see how he does with the help. But I think it's like you said, the Orlando, uh, maybe an eighth seed, maybe playing seed, something like that, but they're going to have to gel and get together and play good basketball, man. I like, I like the signings, but it's just, it's just how many more guards. It's, it's like the Knicks with our big men. How many more big men do we need? How many more guards do they need? Yeah. At some point, you realize, I think we have enough. Mm-hmm. I think we have enough. I mean, we can we can even throw the Knicks in there because you said, hey, let's talk about it on the pod. I'll say we got Kimba Walker, and I'm a happy man. I'm, I'm giving you I'm gonna give you free range. Say what you got to say, man. All I'm going to say is I'm happy that we re-signed a lot of the players on the team. We kept New Orleans Noel. Uh, we kept Alec Burks. We kept... Uh, 
uh, Rose. And then we get Kimball Walker, who decides to go on a buyout, paying him eight mil annually. I've been talking with Tony Sports all day about this. It's actually a good thing because if he sucks, it's an easy trade chip for us to get rid of. He's not that expensive. So um, I'm not mad with it. He's coming back home. I have a. You're I'm, excited. I'm excited because we all know what Cardiac Kimba did in the garden. Are we going to get that? We may get one or two shots like that in a game from him where he hits a buzzer beater or something. Maybe they win a game. Maybe it's a halftime. We don't know. But I think coming home for players and expect, especially New York, bro, especially New York, there's something about playing for your hometown team in the Knicks and just, just doing well. So I hope he does well. I think it's a good veteran leader to have there on the team as well because the team is relatively young uh, outside of Derrick Rose. So having him and Derrick Rose there as uh, successful guards, they can get in RJ Barrett's head, pick his brain, see where he's at on stuff, make him better. Uh, and I'm happy with it. I really am. I, we didn't shit the bet on signing a huge free agent. Um, and I'm okay with that. I, I'd rather go into next year doing that, develop this talent, develop the chemistry, see who we're going to keep, see who we're going to get rid of. And just make the playoffs again. Keep making me happy. Make the win it, win it, make the playoffs and win a series. That's what I want this year. That's what I want. We made the playoffs, now win a series. That's what I want. You want to see some steady improvement there, huh? I do. Well, I'd be just making the playoffs though. Consistency is consistency is key for me. Here's my thing. Cardiac Kemba was like a decade ago. It was. Okay. No, Charlotte years are behind us. Um, that first year in Boston, he was, you know, was, this version of Kemba Walker that we have now is a good player, a good player. But if you guys were to go against Atlanta again in the first round, I think that you get the same exact result. I think Trey Young still cooks y'all for 40 a game. I think Jonathan, John Collins is still going to be getting easy alleys and, and, I don't think anything changed for you guys, really. I think you guys got better scoring, um, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Look, I think next year, like I said, don't Miami. Defense, though. Like we don't need defense. That's the thing. Like we have good defensive players, and we need shooters. We needed shooters, so I'm okay with it. Like you need, if, see, there's a difference. Kemba is a scorer. <laughs> you yeah, need but, like. This is a new Kimba. This is a Kimba we're not going to rely on to be the one now. Our one is Julius. The way, the way New York Knicks fans are celebrating him, I feel like y'all just got, like, Kyrie Irving. Like, like there's a, that's the way, that's the way y'all, y'all need to, like. That's them. That's but them. The prop, the, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving it to you straight right now. I made this podcast for fucking Knicks fans, okay? This is for them. Listen, I listen to me. Listen to me. So, again, I don't think it changes life. I think you guys are going to be more fun to watch on, on Tuesday nights when there's nothing else to watch on TV. Um, but... Again, if you guys would go against Atlanta again in the first round, I think the same exact result will happen. Um, Miami got better, so you're not going to be better than Miami. Milwaukee's still going to be there. I never said any of this. But okay. the, the, but here's the problem: you want to win a playoff series. You don't got much. You you're not. You're going to be a. The you're going to be a, 
The season hasn't started. Nobody's been injured yet. You don't know what the lay of the land looks like, okay? All right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying make the playoffs. Did I say we're going to win the ship? No, no, no. I just – I want to – I because I, I like to see the Knicks do well, okay? It's, it's great for basketball. But I believe it was a great mind that once told me, and then he decided to make a, a show with me called the Fairweather Podcast. He said, you can't win a championship without a superstar. And you still don't have one. You said that. You still don't have a superstar. We don't. Exactly. Okay. We don't have a superstar. So All right. I don't expect to win. Okay. If, if Kawhi Leonard were to sign, then I said we're winning. We're winning. Oh, yeah. Uh, not this year because you're not playing. But next year, oh, yeah, 1,000%. Y'all got a chance. But That's not good. this. So my, I don't want to be the, you know, negative Nancy and bearer of bad news. I'm just saying temper your expectations to maybe another first round exit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'd be okay with that, man. I'd be okay. My, my uh, you want to see improvement. I do want to see improvement, but I want to see consistency. I would love to see consistency. One year in the playoffs and then not making the playoffs and being an embarrassment. That won't happen. That, that won't happen. All right. That won't I happen. Think I don't think I will either. I promise but you I, that. <laughs> but but then I then I get greedy. Then I want to see them take it to the next one, and then to the next one. And, As you should, not, as a fan, you should get greedy. That I should, but they're, should. they're nowhere near that yet. They're they're at least make the playoffs for me in this point arc because they almost missed the playoffs. They almost went to the play in, so they made the playoffs, and I didn't have that a heart true. So I'm I'm okay with that, man. They should have beat Atlanta, but we didn't see what Atlanta had under under you know. They were the sheep or the wolf in sheep's clothes, basically. So I'm I'm not mad at it. But since we said Kawhi's name, we're deciding where he's going to end up. You know, we're talking about loyalty to franchises. Chris Paul said, "Run it back." I'm coming back to the Suns, and they, he's 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 like, he's the greatest monopoly player in basketball. Like he, right. he figured it back. He figured it out. He figured it out. <laughs> Mike Conley said, "I'm coming back to John Collins." They decided to say, "Hey man, sorry for dicking you over all year. We'll throw the bag at you now." Bobby Portis could have went and got more money on the market, but he's the biggest fan favorite. I think he's the second biggest favorite player on the Bucks outside of Giannis. So and that might even be debatable. <laughs> it might be debatable, but he got Bobby Chance all over the place, man. So he decides to stay there. So do you think Kawhi is listening to offers? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100 percent that Kawhi is not listening to offers. Listen, man, Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi's only concern right now is getting his knee right. So he's gonna sign a one and one. Go get paid by uh, the Clippers for the next year for him to just get healthy, and then next year we're gonna have the same exact story that we had this summer. And yep. then we'll see, he's gonna see. All right, let me see how they do without me. And then he be like, right, I'm staying, or I'm gonna take my ass to Philadelphia or something. I don't know, but <laughs> but uh, no, I don't think I don't think that's the top of his list right now. So I don't. To me, I don't think he really cares. I think he's just, you know, just trying to. Get, Get money. He, they going the Clippers are gonna pay him, but he probably signed a one and one and do like you know like what he won't go the KD route where you know he was already out with the Achilles and he signed with Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. The different because KD signed that deal early. That was already in the works. Soon as as soon as free agency opened, he was already in Brooklyn. There is nowhere for Kawhi to go anymore. It's 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 over. Like yeah, he's no gonna bag, huh? No one's throwing a bag at him right now. It's at like, this moment, right now, his only Sacramento might. They're like, "We'll get you. We'll get you." He's like, "Nah, <laughs> man." His best option is to stay. Is first of all, he didn't. 
he wouldn't have left a championship organization in Toronto, a team he just brought a title, because he wanted to go home to L.A., only to go to Sacramento and be in hell. Like, no. Exactly. <laughs> if he's going to be anywhere in Cali, it's going to be in Los Angeles, and it's going to be the Clippers, and then if they screw this shit up, then he's going to the Lakers in five years. I don't know, but yeah. outside of that, now nah, he's – I think he's a Clipper right now and might be a Clipper for life. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree too, man. And, and if there's anybody I feel bad for in Sacramento, it's Buddy Heal. They they like got his dick really hard and said, you're about it's to go still, to the Listen, that, that, listen, you know who I feel bad for and I don't really feel bad for is Dennis Schroeder. Because Dennis Schroeder is out here, turned down, turned down bread. He turned down bread. Yeah. And now his best option is going to be he signs for less and it gets a sign and trade to Sacramento for Buddy Hill. That's what I think is going to happen. If, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hold it against And him. if Dennis Schroeder ends up in, in Sacramento, I'm going to laugh my ass off because that's the last place any NBA player right now wants to end up at. You want to talk about purgatory? No, that's not even purgatory. That's hell. Like, that is that is just, damn, why am I freaking here? So, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, man, and I told I told you how I felt about Dennis Schroeder before, man. He just – he don't play winning style of basketball. He's just – he just he's thinks he's better than he really is. And then that little gold patch in his hair kind of just <laughs> annoys me. And then, you know, he's, he's you know. Yeah, Dennis, Dennis Schroeder, like, I don't I don't get it, man. You should have signed that contract. You're not going to get that type of oh, stuff. He's, he far. must be pissed off. The Knicks, the Knicks don't even, don't even. We have too many guards. Well, don't even call that y'all got Kemba now. So that, that, if, y'all didn't, if y'all didn't get Kemba and y'all got Schroeder, I would have I clowned you. <laughs> I would have too, man. Oh, I don't, I don't, the kid has talent, but he's just not a starter, and he needs to know that. Like, that's, I mean, that's, he could be a starter for Sacramento for, <laughs> for a bad team, <laughs> but uh, nah, nah, nah. Dennis Schroeder got to take less and go get that sign of trade or go sign a vet, or he might, he need, or he needs to be petty and go sign a little, a little baby deal with Brooklyn and go, go win a championship over in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's yeah. and if you look at the list of names that are still available, you got Iguodala, Danny, Danny Green, Dr- uh, Schroeder, Kelly Oubre, Josh Hart, Markinen, Reggie Jackson. All of them might sign with Brooklyn if you think about it. They got room. I hope Josh Hart doesn't. I hope LeBron brings Josh Hart back to the Lakers. Man, that would be that would be great. I but think I whoever they bring in next will probably be a big guy. If it's not Buddy Hill, it'll probably be a big because outside of I don't I don't know. What do we want to consider AD? But the only centers are Mark Gasol's old ass and Dwight Howard's old ass. I didn't need like a young, athletic, big guy that can just go foul people and block shots. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't hold it against him. Get rebounds. All right, so let's let's shift the talk. Let's talk football now. So let's talk some did. NFL football. That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> so. We the best NFC division, South. the most fun division right now, the AFC South. It's a it's a headache and a half, man, of all the stories going on there. So I we love did it. NFC, we did NFC South last week, so we're gonna do AFC South. And we're gonna break it down. What team you want to start with first? You, whatever order you want it in, I got it. Uh, all right, let's go Colts since they're the most recent in the headlines. Talk about the the Colts. <laughs> so the Colts, we all know. Carson Wentz is down. There's QB play. Who are we going to sign now? Are we going to just trust our backups? Uh, there's words in Nick Foles to go over there because he has a good relationship with them. But running down, we have key additions to the Colts. We have an injured Carson Wentz uh, who's out five to 12 weeks. 
what first of all, what the hell is five to twelve weeks? Such a weird when I saw that, I'm like, so y'all just don't know what the hell's going on. That's what we had in Philly. We're like, we don't really know, guys. <laughs> it could yeah. be five, it could be the whole season. Yeah, we just we'll throw we'll throw some numbers out there and make some people just happy with them. Uh, make Vegas happy. Yeah. They signed Q, uh, QB Brett Hundley, who has always been a backup everywhere he's been. Uh, they re-signed Marlon Mack. They re-signed T.Y. Hilton. Uh, they signed offensive tackle Eric Fisher. don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to be ready to go for the season, but it's a good pickup in my books, I think, if he's healthy. They re-signed Xavier Woods, who was a good – he had a bounce-back year with the Colts as opposed to when he was with Minnesota on the last year. Uh, key departures, though, old man Rivers retires, Jacoby Brissett shipped off, uh, Trey Burton, who was brought in on a big deal, decides to not resign, or I don't know where he's at. Uh, Anthony Costanzo said, I'm done here. I'm gone. I'm retiring. Uh, Justin Houston, he's in Baltimore now. Malik Hooker, he's in Dallas. And then safety Tavon Wilson is gone too as well. And the notable draft picks, Quiddy Pay, uh, Deo Odebindo, and Sam Ellinger, like the three draft picks I put on the board that seem to stick out to me the most. So breaking down this Colts team, I think a lot of people had them as possibly one of the favorites to either win the division or maybe be in a, a, a wild card spot or something like that with all the talent that they still retained uh, and replaced. We got rid of, uh, well, Philip Rivers retired. We bring in a Carson Wentz, who's kind of like a question mark. Is he really, really good? Is he really, really bad? Is he just mediocre? Or is he just an injury-prone fuck, which we're kind of seeing now. He's an injury-prone fuck right now. So um, spit it, man. Give me give me your takes on the Colts. Break it down because, like, it's like a it's like an ongoing saga whenever you turn on, like, sports news and you see the Colts in it. So the Indianapolis Colts, a month ago were like my dark horse team to make it to the Super Bowl uh, in the AFC. Uh, I think they, so last year they had the, I'm mean, going into this season actually. So whenever I look at offensive line grades, I always look at pro football focus. Um, so they actually have the second, second rank um, offensive line going and I'm big on O lines and D lines. So they have the second rank offensive line going into the 2021 season on pro football focus, um, led by Quentin Nelson, correct? Quentin Nelson five, is five to 12 weeks as well. If Quentin Nelson is out five to 12 weeks, you can go ahead and take your toilet, take your little piece of paper that you had and throw it in the trash because not only is your quarterback hurt and it's, it happens to be Carson Wentz, who's always hurt. I can, I can tell you firsthand. They're back. They got rid of Jacoby Brissett, one of your key departures who would have been the perfect guy to be the backup for the situation. Um, and Philip Rivers retired. Now, if Philip Rivers returns, because there's, there's, it's on the table where he can come back out of retirement and, like, just run it back one more time, right? If he comes out of retirement, I think that helps. But we got to see what the hell's going on with Eric Fisher. We got to see what the hell's going on with Quentin Nelson. If those two guys are compromised and can't, can't play, then this is um, – it's not good for a quarterback situation because Easton's not ready. Ellinger's not ready. Brent Hundley is never, never. going to be ready. <laughs> and then Phillip Rivers, if he has no one to protect them, then what the hell is he coming back for? Because he's going to get hurt too. And then um, I heard Nick Foles thing. 
If they bring in Nick Foles, they might as well cut Carson Wentz because that's going to ruin the locker room and Carson Wentz is going to be asking out again. But they traded all this stuff to get him. So it was like, damn, I don't want to mess up his confidence even more. And then I heard Garoppolo is an option because uh, Trey Lance looks really good in camp. They already gave up so much to get Carson Wentz. So the only option to me is pray that they can get Philip Rivers to come back. And then uh, Quentin Nelson somehow is available by week one or two at the latest. If that's the case, then I think this team has a shot. Defensively, they're, they're a top 10 defense. Like I said, they have a top tier offensive line normally when healthy, obviously. We saw in the Super Bowl what an unhealthy, unhealthy offensive line looks like. Um, but, um, you, know, they, I, I, you know, they got some good weapons. They got good, you know, pretty decent receiving core. The deep, like I said, the defense is good. But they got a lot of question marks as far as injuries. So um, I'm a little – I'm concerned. I am concerned. Um, what I thought about them two weeks ago compared to what I think about them now has completely changed. Yeah. Uh, completely, completely changed. Then I also looked at their schedule, and it's brutal. And <laughs> out the gate, that shit is brutal. And if they don't have a quarterback and if somebody to protect that quarterback – this could get ugly very quickly, and damn it, dare I say, this could be a bust year for them. So, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll yeah. wait to do my my <laughs> prediction. Yeah, we'll give our predictions on what their record will be right at the end. Let me let me just talk a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the safest bet is to try and entice Philip Rivers out of retirement. Um, and then when Carson Wentz is ready to go, like you you slowly rehab that. If it's a major injury, like they're saying it is, or whatever they're trying to hide, um, you gotta, you can't just rush him out there just to get hurt again. Question. Apparently, he was playing with a broken foot or something in high school. They were saying, and they just kept riding him out there. Some bullshit. I have a question for you. Hmm. So, what if Philip Rivers is balling? Do you still bring back Carson Wentz to play? As much as he doesn't want to see it, man, like it's gotta have to happen, man. If you're winning with the guy. Why, why, why mess up a good thing, right? That's tough. It's a hard thing. It just sucks because it's Carson Wentz that it would happen to again. Again, bro. I'll, if I'm Carson Wentz and that's how I'll probably retire. I think if, if I'm <laughs> Philip Rivers, I assure him, I'm like, listen, man, they brought me here to do my job. I'm doing my job. When I start to slip, it's all yours to take. From well, me, we're talking about a guy. My like, Philip Rivers, we know how he is competitive as hell, right? You think he's gonna be like being nice to Carson Wentz? Oh, I'm just doing my job. No, I'm a I am a future hopeful future Hall Hall of Famer, and you can't stay healthy. So I'm gonna do my job, and I'm about to go out here and kill. That's right. so. If they bring back Philip Rivers, that means they're all in on Philip Rivers. That's how I see it. I agree. I agree too. But you've also invested a lot in this, so this, you gotta you gotta baby him as well. I don't think they're going to try and bring back Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers is a is a head coach now of a high school program, and he's yes. loving it. He can coach like three of his kids, of his 32 kids that he has out there. He can say, dang nabbit, all he wants. And I think you have to gamble with Jacob Eason or Brett Hudley or Sam Ellis. starting off 0-6. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to start off very, very slow. But you're going to have to rely on that defense. You're going to have to rely on your run game. And you're going to have to rely on some tight end play, if anything. Uh, but – I'm I'm also concerned as well too. I'm I'm very concerned because I had them as a as a sneaky contender for for a deep playoff run in the AFC, but with this, 
we don't know the time frame. It's five to 12. We don't know. It could be, could be five. It could be eight. It could be 12. We don't know the numbers. Bro, so, it, could be, it could be, it could be smoke and it could be the whole season. I don't know. It could be some Giannis <laughs> shit. Like, oh, we thought he tore his shit. And then he came out there and balled. No, but Giannis is a grown ass man. Carson yeah. Wentz, again, now that he's not an Eagle anymore, I can say what the hell I want about Carson Wentz. That dude is not mentally strong whatsoever. So he might even be feeling okay in five weeks, but he's so mentally fucked right now that it's 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 not good. And if they do bring in another quarterback, especially Nick Foles, oh my god, or Philip Rivers, Jesus, Philip Rivers, I think he'll be okay with because it's Philip Rivers, and he'll be like, all right, whatever, man, it's Philip Rivers. If Nick Foles, the guy that stole his shine in Philly won us a Super Bowl, and now he's following me to Indianapolis with the same coaching staff that got him there? Bro, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> I agree. I think, I think <laughs> Nick Foles at this point, too, is just kind of pointless, too. I just I just think it's a name and a face. And... Nick Foles can't even, be, can't even beat out Andy Dalton for yeah. a second, second string in camp. <laughs> exactly. All right, so what's your, what's your predicted record for the Colts? God, without a QB, <laughs> eight and nine without a QB because the defense is still good, the running game is still good. So that should at least get you some wins. That should okay. at least get you to eight. The worst, the worst you have, Matt, is eight and nine. At the very worst. And if they if they had a QB going into week one, shit, 11 and six, 12 and five at the worst, 12 and five. Best. 11 is no when i look at the schedule i have 11 and 6 i have like at a, if i was doing vegas i'd be looking at 11 and a half as my over under kind of thing and then i'll kind of bet it on on the 11 and a half um without a quarterback i bring that number down to like eight yeah i have them at eight without a quarterback and with healthy i put them at 10 and 7 is what i put them at which is yeah i mean that's again their, their schedule is tough the schedule is tough but they with a with a good quarterback and the system that they have in place, there's no reason why they can't go out and win at the most 12 games, maybe 11, like around that, around that, uh, that number. Uh, but yeah, I, we'll see what's we'll see in a couple of weeks what's going on and who they've decided to bring in uh, as far as quarterback. We're gonna see preseason games coming up here shortly. So we don't even know how. I mean, Jacob Easton's a kid, though. I'm not asking a kid to go run my franchise. So yeah. we'll see. All right, let's jump into another team. Let's go Titans. Um, let's go Titans. So we're looking at a new lay of the land for the Titans. They were they were kind of like the the Colts last year. They were both offensive heavy and defensive heavy. Kind of matched up very well together. Um, I think now they they went out and got more offense. <laughs> when I'm looking at well, it. The, let, no, let me, I mean, if you go, let me, let me, let me give you the lay of the land real quick. Okay. They got players on defense too. They do, but they also lost a lot of players, lost a lot. They of lost players. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like now we don't know what these other guys are going to present. So key additions, they go out and trade for Julio Jones. Obviously everybody knows that the big star wide receivers. Julio's there. there. You ain't know. I, I ain't here. <laughs> Uh, wide receiver Josh Reynolds, they sign him. They get linebacker Bud Dupree, who's now hurt. Uh, and they get cornerback Janoris Jenkins. Key departures, there's a lot here. They lost wide receiver Corey Davis. Yay. Hmm. Uh, wide receiver Adam Humphreys. 
big focal point on the offense and tight end Jonu Smith. Offensive tackle and first round head case, Isaiah Wilson traded to the Dolphins later to get cut because he's an idiot. Uh, linebacker Jadavion Clowney is gone. Cornerback Malcolm Butler. Adoree Jackson is gone. Desmond King is gone. Kenny Vaccaro is gone. And your kicker, uh, future Hall of Famer Steven Goskowski is gone. Draft picks, they took a gamble on an injured Caleb Farley, and then they took offensive tackle Dylan uh, Randas. So those are the big acquisition moves for those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, When you look at it on defense, I'm sure there's other players there that stick out, um, but there's a lot. You basically just gutted the entire secondary when I look at it. Your entire secondary is gone now. So Caleb Farley, if he's healthy, I mean, he's a good – good start but who else is going to step up there into those roles uh yeah i mean it's looking at their defense it definitely got gutted <laughs> they got yeah they got gutted they got bud dupree he's hurt and then they had kevin uh, byard who i really do like um caleb Fair, you know he's a rookie we gonna have to see how that looks um Rashawn Evans, you know, he's he's a solid player as well. Very good player. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, you know, a little older, but he's a good player as well. So they got guys. They're they're gonna have to hang their hat. I mean, they're, they're gonna have to hang their hat on offense. They have the 15th ranked uh, offensive line going into this year, and the defense actually wasn't that good to begin with. So mm, <laughs> it's an interesting team. I remember when the free agency was happening a few months ago, we were talking about the Titans. I think when we did biggest winners and losers, I feel like we talked about the Titans being losers because mm-hmm. we don't know what the hell they did. And I still kind of feel like that. Um, we know they're going to run the, the ball a lot. Yeah. Um, who knows when, you know, King Henry is going to decide to kind of break down a little bit, but he hasn't shown sign, signs of slowing down yet. Um, with that extra game next year, he'll probably get 2,000 yards again. Uh, they got they got Julio, but Julio can't stay, hasn't been able to stay that healthy lately. He's still Julio Jones, don't get me wrong, but, you know, if he only plays like 12 games or something like that, 12, 13 games, that doesn't bode well for them. Um, Josh Reynolds, he's a speedy guy, but he's not changing life. A.J. Brown's a dog, and I, and I, and I think I, I really like A.J. Brown a lot. The tight end group is okay. The offense, like I said, the offensive line. Ryan Tannehill is, you know, solid. So, and then their backups for the quarterbacks is not are not good. They don't have a tight end anymore, though. Now it's on that guy Sawam now, or whatever his name is. Jeff, so. Jeff Swain. No, but they have Anthony uh, um, Fersker as well. Oh, yeah, but. So, they have, they have, they have guys on their football team. That's what they have. The problem that I have with the Titans is that, I don't know how they've been winning games. <laughs> I feel like they're a decent team, but they just keep finding ways to win. And that has a lot to do with uh with coach. Uh uh he comes from that from that New England, you know, how, whatever they call that. Tree. Comes Tree. He comes so I think he probably has a lot of that going into them, but I don't know, man. I have them. I have them doing okay, but their schedule is tough. <laughs> like that schedule, the Titans schedule, the Colts schedule, the AFC South schedule this year is tough. The Colts. So they play in the Colts twice a year, depending on what situation they have going on at quarterback. That could either be two and zero, one and one, or two. But that one's unpredictable. 
but they could probably sweep the Jags and sweep the Texans. So that's four wins right there. So it's a matter of are they going to be able to keep everyone healthy this year? And is Derrick Henry going to be able to keep, continue to carry the load? Because as long as Derrick Henry keeps being Derrick Henry, that play action is still going to be there for Ryan Tannehill. Um, and then short yardage, Derrick Henry is going to run it in and, you know, get your 15 touchdowns or whatever he needs. So, uh, but I feel like there's a lot of question marks on this team because uh, I don't know what direction they thought they were going to go into. Because, like we said, they lost a lot of ple- a lot of players. So yeah, the continuity is not going to be there. Tight end, not Johnny Smith anymore. So it's like it's a lot of moving parts that I'm a little concerned about. But people have always been very high on the Titans uh, lately. But I'm a little I'm a little confused. <laughs> I'm confused as well. A little confused. Defense wins you championships, and you and you basically gutted the entire secondary. Like the whole secondary is gone. Like every everyone that was a starter on your secondary is no longer there. I mean, I you you don't think Caleb you don't think Caleb uh, Farley is going to be able to kind of hold his own? He came on. He came off on a big big injury, so they took a gamble on him. He was supposed to be the number one uh, DB in the draft, and then he slipped because of his injury. And he also had talks of him possibly going to the second round and maybe slipping to the third. So I'm not holding anything. I think there's talent there. It's just like you said, can these guys come off healthy? You have to, you have to rehab this kid out of his injury from college, which I'm sure he's been doing. Hopefully he hasn't been being stupid about it. And then Julio Jones, how many can you, can you at least get 13 games out of Julio this year instead of 12? That would be my, that would be my thing. It's like, I need, I need you to have, 13 games this getting year. rid of Corey Davis they need him to play they need him to play like the whole season because Corey then, Davis I know you know he's not the polarizing wide receiver but he runs his routes and he's he, always open he was open <laughs> he, he found a way to get open and Julio again Julio is still Julio freaking Jones so that we can't obviously we can't look past that but he's got to stay on the field that's because he's going to make life easier for Derrick Henry because you got to pay attention to Julio all game. He's going to make life very easy for A.J. Brown because you got to pay attention to Julio. So I think if Julio plays the full season, I think they'll be fine. Uh, They're going to have to probably outscore some people or slow the game down where they can have, you know, Derrick Henry kind of just tote the rock 25 times a game, 25, whatever, 30 times a game. And then then Bud Dupree is on the PUP list right now and unable to perform, so you need to get him healthy. Uh, just just like the Colts right now, both of these teams are going to be run-heavy offenses. Uh, they're going to be very, very run-heavy, and you're going to see a lot of tight end play too, uh, whether it's on the blocking side, whether it's on the short pass to make it easy for the quarterback to, to be comfortable out there. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the Titans have a more of an upper hand since Tannehill is healthy, and um, he'll be able to throw a little bit more. But if the, the, the defense, man, like, it's just bad looking at it. It's just bad, man. I'm not yeah, a it's gonna, they're going to struggle defensively. They will. <laughs> Especially Bud Dupree, however long he stays on that, on that pup list. I mean, that's going to eh, – that's a little scary. What's your, what's your prediction for him? Not going to lie, man. My prediction at first was 10 and 7. Um, but I'm confused now. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at them. I have a look at the Colts. To me, at their very best, they can probably get 10, 10 wins. But man, that offensive line, 
a little compromised. The defense is not that great. They got some injuries. I mean, he got Julio Jones and Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown. So those pieces right there are sexy. And you want to like, okay, I can rock with that. But I don't know, man. They, they, they might be able to be able to scrape you like seven wins this year. I'm going to keep it at like nine and eight. I think that's <laughs> to meet you in the middle. A, before dissecting as hard as we're going now, I had him at 10 and seven as well. Nine and eight, I think, is kind of idealistic. We got, we got this. That's a that, that one's a interest. That was a weird. That one's a weird one. Mm-hmm. I'm actually very intrigued about that one. All right, let's jump to another team. Let's go Jaguars. Um, bringing in a new head coach, obviously Urban Meyer. He's he's going to the NFL now to coach. Um, I look at this team and I and I think they had one of the better off seasons in football. The way great off season. The way they, and even like getting rid of the players that they lost, what they added, they added the better pieces, in my opinion. They got younger and they got a lot of talent for it. Mm-hmm. So their key additions, or let's, yeah, let's do key additions. They, they brought back Carlos Hyde again. Uh, he's a good veteran running back to have in that locker room to, to coach these guys, uh, to be in their ear. And if they suck, they just take their spots and he'll still, he'll still play very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Dorsett, who's a good two, three type of receiver. Marvin Jones is their big wide receiver now that they got away from the Lions. has always been underrated in my books. And he's with the Jaguars. He'll still be underrated. Pull MLB college football analyst extraordinaire Tim Tebow, God sent son out of retirement to come finally play in the NFL again as the position he should be at a tight end. Uh, they franchise tag Cam Robinson, uh, defensive tackle Malcolm Brown. They add him from the Patriots, and then they they add court, cornerback Shaquille Griffin. Now the departures, I got no problem with any of these departures, and I think they're all upgrades from everybody. You got rid of Chris Thompson, who was always like a fantasy football god and always thought he was going to be the number one in Washington and was going to take the reins here. Didn't do it. Wide receiver Keelan Cole and, and wide receiver D.D. Westbrook, who had some shine, but it's a new regime, new era. Y'all got to go. Tyler Eifert, your time has come and gone. Cornerback D.J. Hayden. I don't know why people even still think that you're worth a shit, but you suck. So he's gone now. Uh, and then your draft picks. Obviously, you have the first round, first overall pick and, and Trevor Lawrence. You got his buddy, uh, Et- Etienne. Et- how do you say Etienne. his name? Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. Both played at Clemson. You went and got a steal in the second round in Tyson Campbell, who should have been a first rounder. And then you got offensive tackle Walker Little. So those are four good draft picks right there, right out the gates that these guys get. And I I, I see like, you did great. You did great on all your additions as well. So <laughs> I, 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 think, I think looking at this team, um, they're gonna turn some heads, but not like, you know, oh my God, they're they're relevant. They're going to get better. They're going to understand each other. And they'll just add pieces when they need to add pieces. Now, the one thing that I think everybody knows, and you and I have been talking about, is the Tim Tebow thing. <laughs> is this going to get drug out into like a, a soap opera thing? Like, is he going to be all um, in on being a tight end? Is he going to even be on the roster? How these guys feel in the locker room with him being there? Like, it, that's what it's all going to come down to. But I think with this team, uh, I think they can take advantage of the division right now with the injury to the quarterback and the lack of defense with Tennessee. 
yeah, they may be new, but we see it all the time. A new, a fresh new team just bolts to the very top very quickly in the division. So I'm not saying it's a changing of the guard. I think at best we could see a changing of the guard only due to injuries and lack of certain things. But I, I like what the Jags did this year. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. They had a very, very good offseason. Very, very good offseason. Um, they drafted well. Like, shit, I mean, they brought in freaking Urban Meyer. <laughs> I mean, damn. Uh, so I think they did a good job this this, this offseason. Uh, what I think, my only concern, again, the O-line is not terrible, but they brought back the same exact O-line from last year, and they were 23rd last year, 22nd last year, and they're 23rd going into this year, and they got a rookie quarterback that they got to protect. So that is that – is, that is a cause for pause, a little cause for concern. Um, but I think overall, and then their defense was terrible last year. It was 31st ranked uh, defense. And, you know, you don't go from 1-15 to, to, to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's going to be tough for them to be, like, that much better than 1-15. No way in hell they're going to go into the Super Bowl. <laughs> so well, I, I wasn't thinking. I was just being uh, ostentatiously facetious and being – SAT words, crazy. But I still do think that they're going to obviously improve. I mean, you can't – I don't think they're going to be any worse than 1-15. Um, but, again, you know, that 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 that, that um, schedule, you know, it's a little tough. Not too tough for them because they finished at the bottom, so they get an easier schedule. Um, um, but, you know, we got to figure out what the hell, you know, they're going to – they should do something with Garden Minshew, just get them out of there. Um, the Tebow thing, I don't think it's going to be a concern anymore. I think they just, Urban Meyer kind of calmed all the noise. So, hey, more power to you, Tebow. Um, I wish you luck. Um, and then, off, but offensively, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to have his buddy, Travis Etienne, that's going to help him a lot. And he still got James Robinson, who was a beast last year, mm-hmm. uh, with Carlos Hyde as the third option. That's crazy. Uh, DJ Chark is a, is a dog. Marvin Jones Jr. is a little older, but he's solid. Chanel, yeah, good, young, good young receiving core. Then you Chanel, yeah, Chanel's going to take that next. Philip Dorsett, eh, he's fast. So he's a name. He's a name. He's, he's, a, a, name. Name. he's a first over. He's a first round pick. Former first round pick. So if the, if his offensive line gives Trevor Lawrence a semblance of time, you know he can be he can be good. Now, um, I think this is going to be like a what the Chargers just did last year with. Um, well, Herbert, I think they have that kind of a, you know, their defense is nowhere near as good as 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 the Chargers had, but they have they have pieces in place. Yes, they have the pieces in place. Trevor's, you know, I think Trevor's the, is the best thing since sliced bread, um, the best rookie since Peyton Manning to come into the, into the NFL as far as a prospect. Uh, but Peyton Manning threw twenty six interceptions his first year, so. It's going to take – and then Andrew Luck threw 20 his first year and stuff like that. So it's going to take Trevor Lawrence a little bit of time to adjust to that NFL speed. Um, I know he played at Clemson. I get it. The ACC is not great. <laughs> so it's not like – you know, he obviously played deep in the playoffs all the time, but it wasn't like he played He played the best, best, best competition. So I think he needs to adjust to the NFL speed a little bit. Uh, so it's probably going to take a little bit of time. Uh, you know, I think they get off – I think they get off to a decent start and they kind of just – you know, lose one, win one, lose a couple, win one. Lose. Like, it's not going to be like 10 losses in a row kind of thing. So I think they're going to be a, a good football team, but but not like, you know, 
I don't, they're not a playoff team, but you know, a good team, entertaining team to watch. You know, and like you said, they can take advantage of what the hell's going on in, in, in Indy, and they can take full advantage of the Texans and then the Titans. They, I mean, they might be able to sneak something there too. So the division right now is not, I wouldn't say it's completely up for grabs for them to take, but they could definitely shock some people this year and turn some heads if you don't take them seriously. So any given Sunday, man, what's your prediction? Uh, so when I was looking at it first, 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 I was like, I was like, L, 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 but then I was like, nah, they can't be L, L, L. Then I started to really break it down. I can only muster up like three wins, but I know they're going to get like six wins. <laughs> like okay. I know they're going to find, cause like, again, they only won one game last year. Yeah. But I, and you know, I, mean, I know they got a better, they got Etienne now, but it, James Robinson was really good for them as a, as a running back last year. Uh, but again, their defense was, was atrocious last year. So we got to see what the defense can do. And then I think their offense got better. And I think Trevor Lawrence is an upgrade from Garden Minshew and whatever else they had going on last year because it was a kind of a dumpster fire. But they knew the assignment to go get the number overall pick, unlike the New York Jets, and they got themselves Trevor Lawrence. So I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to – I said I can only see three, but five or six, I can, you know, they can go probably five and 12, six and, six and, uh, and 11. And what is that? At best, I see seven wins. At worst, I see an expectation. I see four wins. Seven, okay. Seven is the ceiling. Seven is the ceiling is the sky. That's what Michael Jordan said. The ceiling is the sky. All right. Uh, Let's go to the last team, everyone's favorite team, Uh, the team that should be winning the division. All right. Really quickly, honestly, you can skip all the bullshit with this one as far as, like, key additions and key whatever. All I, want to, all I want to talk about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I'm going to run through it real quick, okay? Key additions, they re-signed Tyrod, and they brought on a shit ton of running backs. Burkhead, Ingram, and Phillip Lindsey. Uh, offensive tackle, Marcus Cannon. Defensive end, Shaq Lawson. And they brought Desmond King over from the Titans. Departed. Duke Johnson gets fucked again. Randall Cobb, you're going to, to Green Bay. Will Fuller, you're going to Miami. J.J. Watts out. He's in Arizona. And they send... Uh, McKinney to Miami draft picks Davis Mills and wide receiver Nico Hollins from from Michigan that's that's it uh everything's on Deshaun Watson are we trading him are we not like now before they were like we're not going to get rid of this guy then you have all these different scandals or scandals come out about him at the massage parlor and 50 something girls testifying against him now they're like get rid of them and we'll get rid of them for something just just give us a call like we'll make it apparent now so now it's out in the in the open that they want to move on from Deshaun Watson basically well he's practicing like why would you have him practicing like you're messing up his trade value if he's practicing because if he gets hurt at practice which can freaking happen he tore his ACL his rookie season at practice so I'm like bro I don't know what the I look man I had, you know, my girl had family over uh, a couple of weeks ago. They're from Houston. And I was asking them how, you know, what's, you know, what's the feeling, like what's the energy level like right now in Houston uh, as far with the Texans? Nobody even wants to team there anymore. It's that bad. Like, and then I, I listened to some NFL reporters that say like they go to like, they visit training camps and they go over there and it's just eerie and weird and strange. And they got this rookie coach, Collie, who's like, doesn't know what the hell he got. He signed up for 
like, damn, if this is my first NFL job, why do you, like why am I getting this job? <laughs> he doesn't know where he's getting himself into the GM and the, the president and the whole front office staff. They're all garbage. Deshaun Watson is obviously an, an amazing talent. We don't even know if he's going to be allowed to play. We don't know if he's going to be traded. We don't know what the hell is going to happen with that with that situation, right? So now you have Tyrod Taylor, who's constantly, he's a professional. Like, you got to love him, bro. But that's another guy. Like, damn, what am I getting myself into? He did not, I don't think he needs this. I don't think Cully needs this. I don't. I think they need to get rid of the team and ex- move them to a different uh, different city or something because this is just this this needs to be torn down, which they have done. They've torn it down uh, so that they can rebuild. But kind of hard to rebuild with no offensive line and no and no draft picks to get yep. <laughs> to get what you need. So it's like yeah, the first draft pick was in the third round, right? That, yeah, like some crazy shit like that. And they drafted a quarterback, I think, or so. Yeah, no. I don't remember. Davis Mills was the first. Davis kid. Mills, yeah. So it's like, it's just, oh man, it's 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 it's, it's <laughs> man, look, it's it's a, it's a dumpster fire. Now, if they're able to trade Deshaun Watson, and I don't hope, I don't know if it's gonna be uh, the Eagles or not. I honestly, at this point, I'd stay away from it, and I'll just wait for the legal process to kind of play itself out. But if they do trade him, and when that does possibly happen, and if They'll get a good haul back for him. They're gonna get some, a lot of first round picks, and a lot of compensation as far as that. So, this year, just they just let it be a throwaway year, bro. Like, don't even put Tyrod Taylor out there to like hurt himself. He needs to be there. Just coach up, help David Mills out. Like, there's no point if you trying to win because you're not good, and your offensive line is gonna get Tyrod Taylor hurt again. Who's coming off of <coughs> a freak? a freak thing happened with his own organization. You know, I don't put him through that. So two and 14 is my, is my, is my at the very best. Yeah. The the best I have, and that's if Deshaun plays is five. And the worst I have is like one or two wins. Funny enough. I put, yeah, I put if Deshaun pay, play is five, but who yeah. the hell is protecting him still? He's Deshaun Watson. There's, Think there's, about it. He played with this dumpster fire last year and led the league in, in, and yards and shit. <laughs> yeah, and and it's it's sad to see because it's like one the Dolphins own the Texans. Like when it comes to trading with them, like they own their ticket, man. Like anytime you want to get screwed, the one team they should not be calling is definitely Miami because I guarantee you, Will Fuller's going to ball. But they didn't trade in there; he signed there. But but uh, McKinney, I bet you he's going to have like a Pro Bowl All Pro year over there and ball out. So, and then the other thing is like, like you said, Deshaun Watson, if he's healthy and he plays, like you can get some wins, but he kind of shot him. I don't want to say he shot himself on the foot. Like in the beginning, he took his like bio out of the Texans, all of that there. And he's like, I don't need these guys. It's going to be a a breeze for free agency for me. And now they're like, oh, now you need us. You need us there for this, for this legal process now, because you want a job. A lot of of that whole whole situation, man, I think is. I hate it, man, because like I, I, you want to root for Deshaun, and I don't root for the Texans organization whatsoever. Because ever since uh, uh, what was it, the president or the owner was like, we don't want the inmates overtaking the guards here. Like that's some slavery bullshit, there, man. So I don't want to hear that bullshit, and I don't think that they value their players. They, they, they run. But JJ, the- what? 
JJ, JJ Watt didn't even want to be there no more. <laughs> and Hopkins too. They were like, "Get me out of here, man." Well, Hopkins got traded, and that was just because Bill O'Brien's an idiot. But JJ Watt was like, "Please get me the hell out of here." <laughs> even Andre Johnson came out and said they don't respect. Oh yeah, they don't. Yeah, I just said, "Please get everybody the hell out of here." <laughs> when I think of the Houston Texans, I think of Andre Johnson. That's Mister Texan to me. Him and JJ yes. Watt on defense. Those are two guys. Those are the two so, greatest Texans of all time. <laughs> So there's something going on there, man. And it just sucks that, yeah, Deshaun fucked up and whatever he did, um, but you're innocent until proven guilty in my eyes. So you, you got to ride this wave, man. And hopefully things turn out for the better. So, yeah, I got at best two wins. I mean, I mean, at worst two wins and at best five if, if Deshaun plays. But it's it just sucks. It's an unfortunate thing to happen. So it's rough. It's rough out, it's rough out in these Houston streets. All they got left, they got they don't got James James Harden no more. But look, they turned James Harden into into you know a good draft. You got good young talent. They got Christian Wood. They got they got stuff. You know uh, the Astros went through a little cheating thing. Well, look at them. They got they have an amazing record in baseball. Like record in the in the uh, National League, American League, American League. My bad. Yeah. And now the Texans need to just wipe their hands clean. Like, look, we lost. DeAndre Hopkins, we lost J.J. Watt, and we're, we lost Clowney, and we're about to lose Deshaun Watson. Tear this bitch down and rebuild it up again because that's the only way for them. Yeah. It's, it's a tough time to be a Houston fan right now unless you just like baseball. So um, so that's our breakdown of the AFC South. Uh, let's go into our fun segment, Nick's favorite one, where you go to college. So, KK, take it away, man. Rapid fire. Where did he go to college? Um... Now, I don't see it's been a while since we did this. Is there any theme to this or just off the top of your head? Randomly? So if, uh, it started off as a theme. They're like the, the first one's a theme, but then I changed my mind. I'm like, I'm going to go with guys, right? Where? So I don't know if I give you this one before, but you'll see why I picked them. But, you know, for the people who haven't listened to season one and don't know anything about where do you go to college, we're going to pick five players. And who are who are NBA players who are pretty relevant. Everyone kind of knows who they are. And we're going to figure out where the hell they went to college because A-Rod thinks he knows everything. We're going to start off with number six overall pick in the 1995 NBA draft. Big country. Oklahoma. Bryant Reeves. Oklahoma. This, this is the theme I told you about. He went to Oklahoma State. Because that's where Cade Cunningham just got drafted from. So, yes, Bryant Reeves went to Oklahoma State. You were 0 for 1. You're off to a bad start. Oh, come on. There's no partial points. You you want partial points? Come on, Skip. All right, number two. This young man was the number nine overall pick in the 1992 NBA draft. His name is Clarence Weatherspoon. Mississippi State. Hmm. If not there, Clemson. Southern Mississippi. Uh, I knew it was somewhere in Mississippi. Oh, for two. Oh, for two. Number three. Very. Josh Childress. Ooh, I remember that name. You know who Josh Childress is. Afro. Um, Indiana? No, he went to Stanford. Stanford. Stanford, sir. My goodness, you are 0 for 3 today. 
Number four, very relevant player. He's he was uh let's see, he played for the Utah Jazz, he played for the Nuggets, he played for the Clippers, he played for a few teams. Where did the Mr. Howard Isley go to college? Mm, Howard Isley. Wow. Nick, we might have to get you back on the show, man, because this young man is struggling today. Georgia Tech? No, Boston College. Uh, Yikes. Yikes. Last one. <laughs> Last one. Come on, man. This guy, this, this guy, you, you probably know him, man. He's not, he's not that old. Um, where did Mr. Stromile Swift go to college? Number two overall pick went to LSU. Thank you. I had to give you something easier. Give me that wasn't easy. Come on, no one knows who Stromile Swift is. Yes, everyone knows what Stromile Swift is. Where he get traded to after he went to Vancouver? Um, the, exactly. I don't know. The Suns. No, Houston. All Houston. Right. Duh. One more. One more. Uh, one more fun one. Just off the top of your head, go. Where did Chris Mim go to college? Texas. Big man, bro. He did. Good job. See, you got it. <laughs> That doesn't count. You went one for one. You went one in four today. Yeah, one for five. Yeah, one out of five. <laughs> I knew Josh Children's too, and I knew Big Country. I knew those two. Should be three for five, but that doesn't. You can't get partial credit. I'm sorry. I'm just rusty. I haven't been like brushing up on shit. So All where, does, where does Smush Parker go to college? Did he even go to college? Sure did. A couple of them, actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know right now. Nobody knows who Smush Parker is except for that one year he was with Kobe. Everyone knows who Smush Parker is because of that year with Kobe. Trash, man. I don't know uh, LSU. I'm- nah, Fordham University and the yeah. College of Southern Idaho. Cares. He's very forgettable. All right, that's the show. Let's wrap it up. Um, I suck today. We got to do this more often so I can get my knowledge back to where it should be. Um, you can find us on Twitter at fair underscore weather pod, IG, Facebook, uh, YouTube, just search the fair weather podcast. You will find us there. Uh, and then wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you can listen to the audio there as well. I got nothing to add this week. You know, I, know I like to have a soliloquy. I ain't got much to add, but have a good week. Oh, oh prediction really quickly. The Cowboys and Steelers are kick off the preseason the hall of fame game. Who you got? Man, fuck Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, man. I'm we'll go with the Steelers. I like Mike Tomlin. That's why. All right. All right. Oh, Reese Hoskins is blasting home runs. All right. Peace. <laughs> Later. <laughs>